This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Decibel Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. All right. Well, here we are back again. This is undoubtedly going to be the saddest episode of the Decibel Geek podcast in the history of since we've been doing this, no doubt about it. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my brother in heartbreak and mourning, Chris Sinzak. I ask you how you're doing, but I got a feeling I already know. Yeah, not, uh, not good. Um, doing my best to <clears throat> try to pull myself together and you know life does go on for us and we got stuff we got to do but uh and we didn't want to leave y'all hanging without an episode this week and plus you know um just like rock and ron uh, you guys that listen to the show are like family to us so we figured we're gonna we're gonna just go unscripted we are gonna do a bit of a rock and pod recap but this is also gonna be kind of a tribute to rock and ron at the same time but we're gonna just talk about what we're going through right now yeah, so I guess if you don't know, last Saturday night, Chris and I took to the live stream and gathered up a bunch of our awesome friends who were also great friends and fans of Rock and Ron Runyon, and we decided we were going to do a Rock and Ronathon. And so we put together a GoFundMe. We talked about that a little bit last week, and people really jumped on it and helped us out. Like when we started Saturday night, after only being up for a couple of days, I mean, we only had 600 bucks to go. So our big old rock and ronathon, it's like, well, we only got 600 to go, but let's see what we can do. You know, let's really try to knock this thing out of the park. And everybody that was a guest with us that night on the live stream had that same mentality and that same attitude. You know, let's get on here. Let's have some fun. Let's pay tribute to our awesome friend Ron who's sick you know and we're going to help him out we're going to help out his family we're going to do all this stuff and we're going to have fun doing it in the spirit of how Rock and Ron would want it done and so we went on live for three hours for the live stream for the Rock and Ronathon on Saturday night and we had all those awesome guests on with us and we just watched the GoFundMe climb and climb and climb. I mean, before we were done with the first hour, we already hit the $5,000 goal. And then, you know, with the two hours afterwards, it kept going and going. And even days afterwards, it's kept going. And yeah. at last check, you know, we started out with a goal of five grand and we hit $7,000 for Rock and Ron's family. As of the time of this recording, it's a $7,225. See, that's awesome. And so, we're feeling good. You know, we know Ron's watching because Dawn let us know that Kristen cracked him up and made him laugh, you know, as, <laughs> as down as he was. And, you know, that's that's the best thing to me right there. So 
We do that Saturday night. We're feeling great. We did something special. You know, we showed Ron how much not only that Chris and I love him, but so many other people, people that appeared with us that night and people that made comments and made donations and really rocked that thing. You know, Ron saw it and he loves us all for doing it. And so feeling pretty good about that, go to bed Saturday night and then Sunday morning I get the message from Chris that Rock and Ron had passed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it. Um, his son, Corey, who I recently became acquainted, acquainted with, he um, friended me on Facebook and messaged me uh, about a week ago and was just saying, I just hope you guys know that, you know, he that you know he really appreciated everything you guys did for him and bringing him into the fold with Decibel Geek and kind of got him a chance for him to kind of live the dream for a while and um which choked me up even then but um and then I said you know just we well you know the blessing is ours to have him in our lives you know um yeah but uh he posted about it that morning and I didn't know how to tell you because I was just like I didn't know if you were up yet so I just kind of did it i wanted you to see his post so yeah yeah you messaged me and said you know i just seen Corey's post give me a call when you can and i i kind of knew you know i kind of knew and so i looked up Corey, who i recently became friends with on facebook and saw it and was just uh just heartbroken uh, but then again you know the other side of me thinks you know rock and run and he got something special you know, for all the people that pulled together for him that last day, and we literally did the Rock and Ronathon in the nick of time. You know, we've been talking about doing it for a minute. We said, no, let's let's do it this weekend. You know, let's do it. Why wait for worst case scenario? You know, let's do it while we know he's still around. You know, and we're at this point, we're all still hoping and praying for a miracle. And you know what? That kind of stuff happens sometimes. You know, people get diagnosed with terrible things all the time, mm-hmm. only to find out later, wow, what? I don't know what happened, but you're great. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen, but it does happen sometimes. We're really hoping and praying for that. But if you think about it, how many people really get a tribute paid to them the night before they pass on? Yeah. You know, most people just drop dead, you know, without a thought. Rock and Ron got something special, and I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud to be able to say that, you know, we were able to do that for somebody, you know, and to do it for somebody that we love so much, you know. And I've said it a million times, you know, Rock and Ron was a star, dude, you know. (laughs) He was, he had that something, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't like a, you know, a radio personality or somebody that knew a million facts about a million different things about rock and roll. But man, Ron had that certain something that I guess they call it it factor. He had the it factor that made everybody love him no matter what he did, you know? And so the times that he appeared on the show with us were always stellar. The times that we got to spend with him doing Friday Night Lives, Mm -hmm. can't beat it. He used to bust his balls all the time and be like, man, why do we got to do this, Ron? Why do we got to do this? We can't do it every week. I'd give him hell, you know, and then afterwards I have to tell him, you know, I'm just kidding around, right? I don't, you know, because this is one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to record Decibel Geek and then I'm going to edit it and then I got to get my shit together because I have to be ready by Friday night to go live and do the Friday night 
live thing we're doing, the FFAFT or whatever <laughs> it's supposed to be. Right. And uh, I'd give him shit about it, and he'd just be like, yeah, well, I got a full-time job too, you know, and I'm editing the episode and putting it on the, you know, putting it on the YouTube and, you know, and I'd say, I'm just kidding around. I'm just kidding around because it would always be so much fun, you know. Yeah. It would be a blast to, you know, give him hell and catch hell from him because yeah. he could give it just as good as you could give it to him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fuck, man. It's just, I'm going to miss the hell out of him. I'm going to miss the hell out of Rock and Ron. You know the the thing with uh, with him on like not even just on Friday Night Live, but like you know he on the Monsters of Rock cruise and you know all these places yeah. he would go and he'd get recognized. And I think he just he was just a, such a character, but he was such a true, genuine guy that uh, you know that, that that truly loves music and loves rock and roll. And you know it was uh, he was uh, he was kind of the embodiment of what Decibel Geek was started over. You know, I mean he absolutely. He represented, you know, why we got into doing this. And I've mentioned on the on the live stream, and, and I've talked some some people off air about it. That you know, we don't. When we went into this, we just did this because it was, you know, fun for us to talk about bands. We like. You don't really think about who's latching on and who's following you, and and you don't know that you're going to have all these friendships that come up out of this. And um, yeah. But one, you know, one of probably the most thankful thing I am for us doing Decibel Geek is knowing, getting to know Rock and Ron Running, because otherwise we never would have met the guy. Hey, think about that. That's true. You know, we our lives would have never crossed circles with Ron, or I mean, so many other people for that matter. Yep. You know, it's it's amazing how you know this thing, like you said, you know, we just started it and just thought it'd be fun. You know, thought it'd be cool, something we could do. You know, something we, let's try to make a podcast that we'd enjoy. You know, and other people will probably enjoy it too. But we had no idea. You know, no idea that we'd have so many people that follow us on Facebook and download the episode every single time it comes out. You know, and and puts us up there pretty good in the rankings and all that stuff. You know, and that's that's all great. But you know, it's secondhand to the honest to goodness friendships that we've made over the years you know and we're going to talk about rock and pod this week and there's no better testament to it than that you know where you get to see people in person that you admire you know and people that you really like you know and listen to their shows and you know appear on each other's shows and and then for a weekend you get to be real friends with these people you know in person and you know, Rock and Ron was a part of so many of those, and that's where some of my absolute favorite Rock and Ron memories come from is the Rock and Pod over the years. And, you know, the the story about, you know, we're all sitting at picnic tables bullshitting, and there's Rock and Ron peeping over the fence trying to get us, you know, where we don't know we're on camera. We're just being ourselves. We're not hamming it up, you know. And all of a sudden, I think it was Ian looks up and notices him and goes, what the hell, you know? <laughs> what is that? You know, and it's like, oh, it's Rock and Ron. He's spying on us. <laughs> I was glad I was working the door that night so I didn't get caught on camera. <laughs> well, the funny was... thing about that, too, is, you know, we've talked about how, you know, Rock and Ron reached out to us like many years ago when we were just kind of in the infancy of this and figuring out what we were going to be and reached out to us and was like i relate with you guys so much you know and i love the same kind of stuff you guys love and it is there anything i can do to contribute and at the time it was like well you know our youtube ain't doing shit you know if you want to do something with it so ron says yes and i gotta imagine it's like oh shit now i gotta learn to video edit you know <laughs> and he did you know but he had 
he also had a mind for that kind of stuff. Like it took him half the time it would take anybody else to learn how to video edit at that level. And then, you know, the stories of him being at concerts in Denver with a camera on a pole, you know, and security's going, you know, hey, what do you think you're doing? And him going, I think I'm rocking Ron Runyon, and I'm here with Decibel Geek, and I'm going to film this. And just be like, okay, you know, because that was always the joke way back then. We'd say, you know, if you want to be a part of this, you know, show up to a venue, tell them you're with Decibel Geek Podcast, see if you can get an interview, see if you can film the band, you know. And Rock and Ron was the one that took that to heart more than anybody because he said, okay, and that's what he did. You know, so then he'd go out and he'd get this amazing footage. And then, you know, that story about Rockin' Pod where he's up on the fence. You know, somebody just wandering around with a camera is one thing. But Rockin' Ron's thinking, how do I get these people in their most natural setting? I film them when they don't know I'm doing it. Right. You know, and they're not, they're not going to care. They're not going to get mad. And so that's what he did. You know, and he got a bunch of good footage of us hanging out and having fun. And, you know, man, fuck, fuck. I can't believe he's gone. I know. I didn't want to never believe it. Yeah, me neither. I um, I don't know. I uh, <clears throat> you know, and I, I was telling you before we went on air. I just I'll I'll do okay for like an hour, and then it'll then the thought will cross my mind, and then it's like then it just knocks me down at the knees again. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's a weird empty feeling. Um. And like, you know, even today, you know, because I, I put together like kind of our little thing for the intro, um, Geeks of the Week and everything, which I'm sorry we haven't gotten to or any of that. But, um, you know, I put that together and then just out of habit, I was I almost, you know, I share it with Aaron, obviously, because he needs to see it. But almost out of habit, I almost put Ron's email address in just because that's what I do every time because he would get the video episode together. Yeah. And um, it's just... It's going to take a while to process this. It's it you know we're not going to be back to normal overnight, and um, and that's okay. Um, we'll be okay. You know we'll get through this. We're going to move on, but I'm not going to be in a rush to you know get through the grief. I'm just going to deal with it. If I if I feel bad, I feel bad. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, what else can you do when you constantly are reminded of? And here's something else that goes along with that is the outpouring of love from you, the Decibel Geek listeners, people that have become, you know, fans of Rock and Ron Runyon, you know, and all the amazing things that he's done and all the contributions he's made over the years, you know, to hear so many, to see so many people, you know, posting their condolences on Facebook and, you know, even the personal messages I've gotten from people and... You know, it's it's just been amazing, you know, to know. I mean, like I said, we knew we knew Rock and Ron was a star from the first time we ever met him. And so to know so many other people see that the same too, you know, we all kinda like the same kind of music and we all loved Rock and Ron Runyon, you know, so we all got that in common. But yeah, it's it's tough, you know, and I got some messages saying, Man, I'm sure gonna miss Friday Night Live. And I make sure to tell him, you know, when this whole fiasco with Ron just first kind of started, he sort of made us promise that we wouldn't stop doing it no matter what. And I said, 
well, you know, I don't know if I could promise we're going to do it every single week. And he was pretty adamant. And he's like, I don't care about every single week, but you don't let this thing die. You got to keep it going. So Friday Night Live lives, you know, we're going to carry that on in the spirit of rock and run running one because we want to. And two, because that son of a gun, he made us promise we would. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to let him down because I still have a feeling he's watching. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, and. So many great memories with Ron, you know, he was such a hardhead sometimes too, though, you know, he'd be a tough guy to deal with. I remember like 99.9% of the time, me and Ron got along great, you know, and if I was busting his balls or he was giving me a hard time, we knew that it was in love, you know, that we were doing it. I think the only time that I ever butted heads with Ron was over the, uh, and we didn't get to talk about this with Pete Kuhn on Saturday night, but when that whole thing with the Wolf Pack first started, like mm-hmm. he came to us with this idea, and it's like, yeah, sounds great. You know, you're there in town with these guys. Why don't you do it? And then he's like, cool, well, we're going to call it Decibel Geek TV. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> and he didn't, at first, didn't see the problem, you know, and I was like, yes, you know, you definitely are, you know, part of decibel geek no Mm -hmm. doubt about it Mm -hmm. almost as much as we are but if you call it decibel geek tv then what you've been hounding us to do for so long becomes a weird thing later on when we say okay let's start doing some video stuff because now we have to call ourselves something different (laughs) so it's like please ron you know and i didn't want to upset him because you know at that time i had a little bit of worry it's like oh man he's going and doing this other thing is he going to leave us you know is he going to go do Wolfpack and forget about decibel geek and i was like man you know is there just maybe just something else you could call it Mm-hmm. And he comes back and goes, yeah, no problem. We're going to call it Wolfpack. And I was like, oh, man, thank goodness. you know, Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to fight with Ron because I, didn't, I never felt like you know, an argument with Ron was something anybody was ever going to win. you know. <laughs> well, the thing that he would, and this is more my fault than his, the thing he would do to me constantly is he would be being sarcastic but act upset about something through chat. And then I'd oh, be yeah. like, then I'd go to pieces going, oh, man, I don't want to upset Ron. And, you know, because... But Ron, you know, wore his heart on his sleeve, and yeah. so I'd be then I'd be like, "Oh man, am I an asshole? Did I piss him off?" And I remember times you sending me stuff going, "I really think I pissed off." Ron. Yeah, said, what what happened? And he you tell me what was said, and I'd laugh and go, "He's just fucking with you." <laughs> well, and he'd let me string it out through the whole day, and then in the afternoon, oh, I'm just fucking with you. I'm like, "Oh man." He knew how to sure? he knew how to mess yeah. with my head. Um, yeah, I still loved him for it. But yeah, but like even one day he finally was like, "Listen, if, if there's a real problem between us, I will tell you that I'm being serious. But otherwise, I'm just busting your balls." And I was like, "I get yeah. it." Yeah, so, I learned that early on. Yeah. Like hey, this motherfucker. Oh, he's messing with me. He's <laughs> he's the friend in high school that if we all went to high school together, he would have been snapping everyone's ass with a towel. You know, yeah, that, that was for wrong. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> So. I could see that, <laughs> but uh, or he'd play pranks on people. You know, he was yeah. he was mischievous. <laughs> so um, yeah, I wish I could have known him longer. You know, or grew up with him. Yeah, you know, I I just picture that with people with people sometimes. You know, because we've and you said it on Saturday night. Like, you know, it's weird to think because most time you think you know when I had my best friends in my life, you think about like when you're young. You know, when you're in school, but for us. 
man, we're in our 40s and I've got the best group of friends that I've ever had in my entire life, mm-hmm. you know, and that's because of the people that listen to the show and the people that interact with us and other podcasters and people like Rock and Ron. I try to imagine what would it be like to grow up with Rock and Ron, you know, how awesome that must have been or be, you know, you see pictures of him when he's like 17 and you're like, man, to hang out with Rock and Ron at 17 and go to a concert, you know, how amazing. Yeah, we would have uh, we would have gotten into a lot of trouble together. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I am sure of it. Oh man. Well, so let's uh, let's. You want to go ahead and take care of the business? I know we're super late doing that, but uh, we ain't got no business. Well, we don't have reviews, but we do have geeks of the week, and I wanted to make sure I got those in. Yeah, we definitely do have at least that. You know, Rock and Ron would want you guys to leave us reviews. You know. <laughs> and I don't think I'm stretching when I say that because I know Ron well enough, and he would be here to say, "The hell's wrong with you guys? Give these yeah. give these dudes some reviews. You know they need it." And so last week and the week before, we had two pretty awesome stellar episodes for you. And they were pretty great. I know because I was there for both of them live. We had Carmine Apiece and Vinny Apice. The week before, everybody loved that. It was live from SIR Studios here in Nashville. We had a great time doing it, and those dudes were awesome. And then last week, we doubled it up when we did Albums Unleashed on David Lee Roth's Eat em and Smile with the one and only's Billy Sheehan and Greg Bissonette live on stage at Rockin' Pod. I know it's a lot to love, and we had a great time doing it. Yeah. So the people that loved it the most... They're the ones that took that episode when they saw it posted on Facebook or saw it tweeted on Twitter, and they took it, they reposted it, they shared it, and they spread the word for us here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. And by doing that, they became Honorary Geeks of the Week. And before I read off the list, let me just say, uh, you've probably noticed over the last year that Adam Cox, who we tragically lost last year, was part of our team always leads off Geeks of the Week. Well, Rock and Ron Runyon will now be right there with him. So every week, they're going to be honored, and they're going to be the first two Geeks of the Week. Amen. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rock and Ron Runyon, Kristen Schimbeck, Bill Elam, Aaron Baker, Joseph Capone, Jay Shablewski, Mike Tyler, John Phillips, Brent Tibbetts, Rob Webb, Wayne Cross, Pantheon Podcast, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Kevin Williams, Simon Cat, David Glenn, Mark Alden-Taylor, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, Sit and Spin with Joe, Keith Rockford, Shea Hargett, Mike Parnell, David Cathy, Scott Krause, Keith Rockford, Vet Halen, and as always, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people. They care enough to take the time to share what we're doing, to let their friends know that there's something awesome going on over here for rock and roll fans to enjoy. So we always appreciate the people that share and retweet our episodes. If you want to become an Honorary Geek of the Week, all you got to do is just that. Find that original post on our Facebook page, like that Facebook page, and then share that episode with somebody you love, and we will make you an Honorary Geek of the Week. You'll hear your name along with these awesome, esteemed folks next week. So it's going to be kind of hard to do the recap because we're going to talk more about Rock and Ron Runyon. So I guess before the Rock and Pod even happens, you know, we're talking to Ron and this all becomes, this whole thing comes to light of what he's going through. And the first thing we think is, oh shit, you're going to miss Rock and Pod. And Ron's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, we're like, really? You know, and he's like, no way. 
I was like, wow, okay, you know, and it's like, you know, to just get news like that and just be like, no, I'm not. Like, okay, great, you know, awesome. And so we think, how the hell is that going to work? And Ron tells us, you know, I've worked it out with my doctors. I've got treatments set up for these days, and I've worked it so that, you know, I can do my treatments, and it won't affect Rock and Pot at all, and I'm going to be there. And we couldn't believe it. You know, as a matter of fact, here's another testament to Rock and Ron. You know, he gets diagnosed with that, and it's serious stuff, you know. That doesn't stop him from going and seeing Enough's Enough. And that doesn't stop him from going and seeing Buck Cherry. And it certainly didn't stop him from flying all the way from Colorado to Nashville to be a huge part of Rock and Pot. And he was. Yeah, it was uh it, it it's like it it was like it gave him something to hang on for. And uh, you know, I talked to a couple people I know in the medical field, one of them which is David Hudson, who hosts State of America and Digital Killed the Radio Star and uh he was like, no, he's like, you know, I've, I've dealt with people that are in this same situation. He's like, that's a good thing. He's like, it, it gives him something to shoot for, something to hang on yeah. for. And and I think it was, it helped him pull through for those few months. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, the tenacity of that guy to, to, to show up. And of course, his great wife, Dawn, and his friend Pete coming to there. And we, you know, we did everything we could to take care of him. And and he was part of every event, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, he he showed up, and uh, they were there on Friday. And uh, Aaron did an amazing job presenting the Spirit Award to him at the Podcaster Mixer. And uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't spoil the surprise. I just said, "You just have to make sure you're there." Yeah. He's like, "Well, what is it?" I said, "I'm not telling you. You have to be there." <laughs> yeah, we had talked about this ahead of time behind Ron's back, but it was Chris's idea to present a Spirit Award. Actually, te- it, technically, it was Ken Mills's idea. Yeah, I like it. I was going to do it. A, I, I had an award for Ken, which I still have to ship because Ken wasn't able to to make it. But before I could even talk to Ken about that award, he goes, "You should do an award for Ron at Rock and Pod. Do like a Spirit Award." And I was like, "I will take that, and I will run with That's it." That's awesome. Yeah, beautiful idea because it came together really good. We were hanging out, and you know. I'm me, you know, I don't have no problem getting up in front of a group of people and going, hey, pay attention, I got something to say. And so that's basically how it went. So everybody's hanging out at the bar and hanging out in the lobby of the hotel. And Chris goes, are you ready to go do this? I said, fuck yeah, let's do it. And so we found Ron, you know, make sure he's nice and nearby. And uh, I get out in the middle of everybody and I said, hey, give me your attention. I had to yell it twice because everybody was having such a good time catching up with each other. But by the second time, everybody was paying attention. And I said, where's Rock and Ron Runyon? And so we brought him over. And I just basically told everybody, you know, in the spirit of this is rock and roll. You know, that's what it's all about. That's why we're all here because we love rock and roll. And we're doing podcasts to celebrate rock and roll and do our part to be what's gone. You know, FM radio. Mm-mm, they're not doing the goods mtv that died years ago you know who is here to carry on the torch of this and it's us the podcasters so in the spirit of that we're going to give a spirit award and there was nobody there 
and may never ever be again that equals the spirit of Rock and Ron Runyon. Because, you know, we can talk about our personal experiences about how Ron came on with us and how he took over our Decibel Geek TV YouTube channel and made it into something extraordinary. And, you know, we can talk about our experiences with Ron all day because we were lucky enough to be the first. But we weren't the only ones. You know, Ron made appearances on other shows and supported everyone. You know, that guy would talk about podcasts all the time. You know, he talked about Josh Toomey and he talked about Cobras and Fire and he talked about Rock and Metal Combat and Podcast and all these great shows. You know, Ron supported all of them, you know, so there was nobody better to receive that award the first time around than Rock and Ron Runyon. So it was my honor, you know, and it was my privilege to be able to gather everybody together and, you know, and the people that were there, they knew Ron, you know, everybody knew Ron through us, you know, and loved and respected the guy because he's a superstar and saw him and said, holy shit, look at this guy, you know, look what he's going through. And he's here, you know, the people that had met Ron throughout the years, the Ron that they knew you know, isn't this guy in a wheelchair, you know, it's this guy that's got this over the top personality and so friendly and so awesome and so funny, but holy shit, he's here, you know, you can tell, you can look at him and say, this guy is going through some serious shit right now, but hot damn, he's here. And so if he's here to have a good time, we're all going to have a good time this weekend. And so then we presented Ron with the award. It was a little trophy with a microphone on it. Made him cry, made me cry. I know you were crying. I'm sure we weren't the only ones. Yeah, I'm sure. It was It was a cool moment. It was a great way to kind of kick off the whole weekend. And uh, But yeah, the mixer was good. It was it was pretty much everybody, everybody hanging at the bar, but uh, it was cool to see everybody catching up. And, the, you know, we even had some of the guests were mingling with the podcasters, which I always thought was cool. And, you know, it just everyone drops their ego for that weekend. It was just nobody was difficult to deal with. Everybody was having a great time. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, and man, that's who let me ask you this. Who was the first person you seen? I, I couldn't tell you. Um, well, I. Well, first person I saw was my wife and Tracy because they're like, "Oh God, we've got issues with measurements of the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh great, there's a problem." The minute I walk in the door, oh man, just um, in time, you wrap that up just in time to figure out the dimensions of the uh, the other room too. Yeah, well, we had. Well, I mean, I was there um, early before, but like I had to leave for a while, and then I came back, and so I, I but I worked on that, then I went to the bar. And had, they had a meal waiting for me because I hadn't eaten anything. That's my I, my big downfall every year at Rock and Pot is I forget to eat. Yeah. So I'm eating a burger, and <clears throat> but I look across, I see Bushy, I see Greg Renoff, uh, I saw Ricky Rackman. Uh, you know, I saw several people um, already hanging out. Nice. So uh, you know, I was kind of late to the party, really. And you know, um, saw you of course, and then. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, you know t- for me it's it's crazy every year. It's you know I had more help this year and I got to experience more of it. But it was still it's still always crazy where there's a lot to do. You know. You know the first people I saw, Who? I knew it was going to be a good time. I knew the party was just about to kick off when I roll up into the parking lot, and the first three guys I see standing outside the back door when we're trying to figure out where we're supposed to be is Rick, Ian, 
and Ralph. I go, oh shit, it's on now. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we see those guys. So my wife was selling t-shirts down there and we had a pretty good collection put together because she wanted to be a part of Rockin' Pod, you know, and like other years she goes, she just kind of stands around, you know, and watches me and sees everything and then goes, okay, now what? I thought, man, we got to figure out something that you can do. So we started looking for T-shirts, you know, looking for rock T-shirts, stuff people would like, some stuff people would want, you know. And so we started collecting, and we were we were working pretty good for 2020, but of course that didn't happen. So then by 2021, we had a shop set up. We had a lot of T-shirts down there. So first thing we got to do is tote all these freaking totes inside the door. And luckily for us, Ian and Ralph and Rick were right there. Everybody gave us a hand, showed us where we needed to go. And, you know, for sure, we got to give props to your wife. Because the first thing we do is we walk in and we're going, okay, so where are we? And we're looking at the diagram and it's like, oh, shit, this ain't going to work at all, you know. And my wife's like, well, what do we do? You know, should I just pack this stuff up and forget it? And I said, no, 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 let me talk to Michelle real quick. So I talked to Michelle, and she gets Mark over there, who's also helping with the vendors. And uh, they go, oh, yeah, this definitely doesn't work for what you guys got. And within a moment, they had stuff switched around to where she was in the most perfect spot she could be, you know, and had all the room she could possibly need. And by doing that, it kind of moved things around for other people that made it even better for them, you know. And so Michelle was really on top of it for that. And I was I was so grateful to be able to go, oh, shit, my wife's getting upset. You know, she thinks this isn't going to work, you know, and I don't know what's going on. Michelle, please help us. And she's like, boom, solved like amazing yeah well amazing she's uh she's good at that she can make she can make snap decisions and make things better all all the time and that's you know for the last few years she's on the catering business and she also works a lot of events as a bartender so um that kind of history you know you you learn how to think on your feet very quickly and problem solve and, and she's great at doing that so uh yeah my i i couldn't give any bigger kudos than i can to my wife and also my daughter hannah for um really pulling together and helping us out Uh, there was so much behind the scenes that both of them had to do even in the weeks leading up to the event you know just get like getting the passes set up with the badges and everything and uh, also joe d'angelo and his wife patrice came in from new jersey to help out and um, they did an amazing job too but then of course tracy with the scheduling um i you know i we would be up a creek every year without tracy and she's she's like a genius at putting these schedules together and it's a lot of work and it's stressful and you know you get thrown curveballs and you know guests don't want to do this or they want to change that or pot you know and then this year with you know with the pandemic we had you know some podcasters had to drop out or you know or couldn't come or for whatever reason and uh, is a lot of thinking on your feet and she was amazing and uh, yeah we're lucky to have every and then of course you know christine and she brought in like the majority of our volunteers you know we had like over 30 volunteers that you know that helped move the guests around keep them on schedule we had the the greatest crew we've ever had and um, it was pretty impressive it was it was uh it ran very well like a well-oiled machine Uh, there was a lot of stuff we had to kind of dance on our feet with to to make work but um 
but that happens with every event. But, you know, aside from small little issues here and there, I mean, I couldn't have asked for it to go any smoother than it did. Yeah, it was really awesome. Like I said, you know, with the staff that was there and it was a bunch of young people that love rock and roll, were wanting to help. Oh, Christine found the perfect people to do that job. And Tracy, Mm -hmm. it was funny because we were hanging out like, the next day and we stopped at this little place called bar louie in nashville down in the gulch and we're having a drink and something to eat and i'm talking to her and she's like what am i gonna obsess over now yeah (laughs) it was like after rocket pod's (laughs) over there's a little bit of a void that she deals with because like you know creative people are funny you know and i can attest to this because in creative situations i've been like this where like you might wake up in the middle of the night and be like that's a great idea you know, I need to yes. write this down, you know, and she's like that too. And she'd say, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, there'd be something I'm like struggling over, like thinking, how am I going to get that to work? And she'd be like, oh yeah. And she'd wake up in the middle of the night and write it down, you know, and it's like, she's like, no, what am I going to wake up in the middle of the night to figure out? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the amazingness of Tracy, you know, that's how serious she takes it. And this year was the biggest year yet, you know, every year. Since the very beginnings of the humble beginnings of Rock and Pod in the strip mall, you know, she was able to do it then and every year as it grows and grows. And this year it grew exponentially compared to years past. She was still on top of everything and still made everything go smoothly. Yeah, it's a it's a monumental task. It really is. And we we did the best we could. There are some takeaways we need to have still like a postmortem meeting with the, the staff to go over you know what worked and what didn't and what we need to work on and stuff but you know there's certain things and i've listened to a lot of the uh recap shows from other podcasts that have done them and for the most part across the board it's praise and people were happy with how it went but there's a few things that you know like the having the podcasters in the separate room was a bit of a no-win situation because you know it was it was a it was a kind of a pain in, at the Marriott in 2019 because there was so much noise bleeding through from the stage, and you know, and also just noisy in general. And everybody was kind of claustrophobic in one room, which I you know this place had two ballrooms available. So I'm like, well, why don't we put the podcasters in the other ballroom and that'll help with recording. And I think it it did help with recording, but probably had too many shows in there and uh could have used a bigger space and then i've heard some podcasts say well we like being all in one room and so i that's something i got to think about you know if we go forward for next year well, here's um, here's something yeah. i'll tell the podcasters you guys were all over in your own private room over there and i'm doing the hosting stuff so i got to kind of stay within the vicinity vicinity of the stage to a certain extent right. i missed you guys this year man i me personally as the host you know and i don't have nothing to do with you guys recording your shows or how it sounds but i like it when we're all scrunched together because i could just pop right around the corner and be like oh what are these guys doing look at those guys you know but i got to do that a little bit you know whenever i knew i had a good space of time i would slide on over the podcast room and just walk the horseshoe you know and see what everybody's doing and like oh look there's ron keel hanging out with those guys and you know here's so-and-so being interviewed over here you know and it was a it was a fun thing to see you know and that's one of the things i think maybe next year i'll uh I might do a little subcontracting. I might find me a junior host to help me out once in a while because there were so many people that I wanted to see, but it's tough for the host. You know, the host has got his duties. He's got to handle. So I really wanted to meet Ricky Rackman and say hello to him. But every time I seen Ricky Rackman, he's got, you know, he's doing an interview 
or he's, you know, got somebody coming up wanting to talk to him that paid to get in. Well, I'm not going to interrupt that, you know, so I leave Ricky right. Rackman alone. Never got to meet him. Matt Pinfield, I got to see him for like a second. It was like, yeah, Matt Pinfield. <laughs> and that was the extent of my conversation with him. <laughs> you know, I did get to talk to Brad Lee, which was cool because I really liked him. And yeah. But I didn't get to say hi to Ron Keel because every time I see him, he's talking to somebody and I don't want to interrupt, you know, and, and I want to go hang out with my podcaster friends, but they're all busy, you know, it's like, well, I guess I'll go back yeah. to the other room and, you know, wait for my time to announce again. But I have fun. Yeah, well, I have fun doing yeah. that, too, though. A lot of our hang time came, you know, like, I mean, I like, was it, was it Thursday night or was it Friday? Oh, no, it was Friday, Friday afternoon. That, that that's the only time I really got to hang with uh, Matt Penfield, and because uh, Skip brought him in because he wanted just to kind of get the lay of the land, see where his table was and everything, and um, but I got to talk to him for a few minutes, and and he gave me some praise and was like, I like what you're doing. This is a cool concept, and I love Nashville, and I think you're doing it the right way, and that meant a lot to me. And um, Ricky Rackman, I, I I saw at the Podcaster Mixer, he was hanging at the bar, so I talked to him for a few minutes, and then actually he was staying on the same floor as me, so. But we we would get on and off the elevator together quite a few times throughout the weekend. So I I, I did get a little bit of time, more time with him. Um, and he, you know, he was uh, he was a bit skeptical. And every year when we get you know bigger guests, they don't know what they don't know what this thing is. So they're kind of like, well, what is this, and why am I getting into this, and what is it going to be? And uh, so he seemed a little skeptical on Friday. He's like, I'm having fun though. He's like, it's cool to meet with everybody, but I'm just interested to see how it works out. And then uh, I saw him Saturday after the expo, and uh, and he was like, I had a, he's like, I had a, such a blast, yeah. and he's like, and the, he's like, me and Leah, we we had so much, they they, and we'll get to the pre party in a minute, but the, like they performed at the pre party, and then he's and but he's like, we did really well at our table, and I love doing the MTV panel, and and he's like, it, it was so much fun, and then him and Leah were doing an Instagram live um, like a week ago, and I just popped in with a comment just saying it was great working with you at Rock and Pod, thanks for coming. And uh, he said, "Oh, Chris from Rockin' Pod, Chris, we had so much fun at your awesome. event. I thought it was gonna suck, but we had a good time." Nice. <laughs> and I was like, "What a wit! That's a I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but okay." Well, I know <laughs> I at first, like, you know, like it seems like every <laughs> year there's somebody, you know, and at, at first it seemed like the somebody for this year was gonna be Ricky Rackman, and everyone was saying, "Man, we don't know if Ricky Rackman's gonna have a good time." You know, he seems you know kind of standoffish <laughs> and stuff, you know, and then. But after him doing the pre-party and, you know, I saw him on Saturday and he was having a good time because, you know, for people like that, it's all about people coming up to him and going, hey, man, you're fucking Ricky Rackman. You know, when I was a kid, I thought when I grow up, that's what I want to do. You know, little that I know by the time I grew up, it'd be called podcasting, but that's what I want to do, you know, (laughs) and like I'm saying, I think what I'm trying to say is like most of the time these guys get booked at like horror movie conventions or, you know, mm. like uh, tattoo conventions and things like that, which is cool. But when you're booked at an actual rock and roll convention, the yeah. true fans are coming out, you know, people that you want to meet, you know, and he got to meet a lot of his true fans that day. So I know Ricky Rackman had a good time. I agree with what you're saying because, and like, and I have respect for all those, uh, for those big conventions that will have, you know, celebrities of all types. They're cool and everything, but I kind of view them as like celebrity petting zoos. Like, cause it's, 
it's like all these celebrities from all these different genres, which is cool if you're like a pop culture fan. And I, you know, I've gone to some of those before, but I, what I think I like about ours a little better is that it's niche and that it's rock and roll in particular. Um, and it's also the, the podcasting industry because, you know, with a lot of the guests we have, you know, the, this, you know, they're kind of married to the podcast world now because that's where they get a lot of promotion yeah. from. So that's one thing I like about the event. And I think that's what makes it kind of special. Um, but yeah, he he had a great time. And then um, Mark Goodman, I saw for all of 10 seconds, um, you know, he we almost did, you know, and I'm, I'm spilling a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, but I, I figure it's OK. Um Mark, we almost didn't get Mark Goodman because um, he was very paranoid about COVID and was worried about safety protocols and stuff like that. And a few of the guests were. Um, we tried to, and we went, you know, to extra lengths with him to, you know, to make sure he was safe and everything. And there was distancing and all that. Um, and but he did show up, and I, I believe he had a good time. It seemed like he was having. He was great on all the interviews he did. He was great on the MTV yeah. panel. Um, but, uh, yeah, I saw him right as he was getting escorted into the ballroom, um, to do the panel. And I was like, Hey, I'm Chris, I'm the guy. And he's like, Oh, you're the Chris. And he's like, Oh, good to meet you. And thanks for having me. And, uh, but that's, all, that's the limit of my, um, interaction with Mark, which, uh, which I was a little bummed over, but it's okay. Um, to me, it's not about me getting my rocks off meeting the guests. It, it's about bringing guests in to give everyone else a good time. You know, it's not about, me adding to my autograph collection or any of right. that because i mean I, I i just like seeing everyone have fun and i like seeing the podcasters get good interviews and that means more to me than anything else and i just wanted to meet chuck shoot and i got to say hi to him for like two seconds because i was on my way to go do something else and then never got to hey man i'll be back i'll be back i want to talk to you and then never get to come back you know <laughs> but to go, to go back to the the podcaster um ballroom thing you know it's um we definitely will learn from it. Those of you that are podcasters that are listening and, you know, we did the best we could with the space we had. I don't know that we'll go back to Hilton next year. I, uh, I think we might find something that's a little better. Cause I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think we almost kind of outgrew it in the first year we used them, you know? Yeah. Um, cause it was, it was packed, you know, every room. Can I say packed. this? This is something that I noticed that I really, really liked about the last time. And I don't know how much of a hassle it is to do it, but my favorite still, as much as I love this rockin' pod, and as great as it was, and the guests were great, and the podcasters were great, and we had more people show up than ever before, which is amazing, but I'm still a little partial to 2019 because that was the year we got to have everything in-house. Like, the bands played there, Mm -hmm. everything like 99% of everything that went on was right there in the hotel. I liked that a lot, you know, as opposed to trying to find a ride across town and trying to get back and this and that, you know, like some things, obviously like the movie thing, that was amazing. That's a really cool place to go see a movie and the comedians were funny Mm -hmm. and you want to do that in the theater, you know, and the comedian thing, that was great too. And it was cool to go to a venue for that. But the Friday night show in the hotel, you just can't beat that. Well, and I I get that, and I it's cool to just have it right there. The only thing is, is we have way better chance of success doing it at a real rock venue than doing it at a hotel. Yeah, I guess um, that makes sense. And like you know, the, the in 2019 it was fun, and the residency was great, and 
you know, eight ball was great, and uh, but at the same time, though, it 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 was very limited on on the audience we yeah. drew. So I have to kind of view that from a business perspective and be like, well, we got to pull people that aren't interested in the convention in also to help pay for expenses. So that's that's why we went with Mercy Lounge, just because. And you know, I've been close with John Bruton for years, who runs it, and right. that's where we did it in 2018 with uh, Tora Tora and the guys from Angel, and um, yeah, which Mercy, Mercy Lounge is great. Yeah. But that uh, that concert was so jam packed. Um, yeah, I yeah. I couldn't believe how big the turnout was for that show. I knew it would do well, but I did, I think I was told that we were like thirty one tickets shy of capacity. Oh, nice! At the end of the night, yeah, nice. Yeah, I guess I see the difference then, because as fun as it was and as convenient as it was to have everything in the same hotel, there weren't nearly as many people. Oh in 2019 at the pre-party as there was just this last year not even close and that's also you know i mean we pulled that off in 2019 because of eight ball supplying staging and lighting and all that and that was great but it's hard to get the the average joe to want to go out to a hotel ballroom to see a concert unless they're part of the event so that's true so that's where i'm coming and also it's not mercy lounge has a great history it's also it's a way of you know offering Something that's kind of in the downtown area for people to do, because um, we we definitely had a lot of first timers this year coming this year. So it was like I, oh, yeah. I, I do want to have something downtown related involved, and I thought having it there and that was good enough because it's just far enough off of Broadway where you don't get caught in the middle of all the mess. But yeah, that was so. Yeah, I'm kind of of two minds of it. I like the convenience of having it in house, but as a business person, you have to look at what works best. You know. Okay, I guess I understand that. But what about the podcaster jam? I want the podcaster jam back. That's another reason I don't think I want to go back to Hilton because I wanted to do that again this year. You know, so <clears throat> that wasn't something we could work out. Um, we may have been able to do it acoustically, but honestly, when Lee McCormick couldn't make it down from Canada, I didn't want to do it because yeah. Lee, Lee takes pride in putting that together every year. So I was like, nah, if Lee's not coming, I don't want to do it. You know, I thought it was because me and Lee and BJ and Jody and Baco kicked so much ass the year we did it that we we're like, that's it. It can never be topped. Well, if you want to feel that way, then then, yeah, that's that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm just saying we were we were pretty awesome. I, I got I got a text. For, I don't remember who it was from saying, you, you, why are you not here? Aaron's singing 2000 Man Live. I was like, oh, damn it. I'm missing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and while we're on the, the subject of sound, uh, Andy Connors, once again, just kicked ass as our sound guy again this year and yeah. really, really took it to the next level. And also Alan Tate helping supply stuff uh, from his company. So I'm I'm trying to get as many thank yous in as I can, and then like oh, the, and uh, Julian Gill and Ken Mills for putting together the uh, the soundtrack for everything. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. It was like having a, a radio station that only plays awesome music that mm-hmm. are there geared exactly to rock and pod. It was great. Yep. And we also had um, a soundtrack of some of the local bands that were having table space at the event too to give them some play too. So I, 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 that was one thing I was like happy we could add this year. And Blackie, who was on the crew, she brought that idea up. She's like, well, what if we got a table for some young bands, you know, local bands to do some stuff. And that was a cool thing. I was glad we could add to kind of give some Nashville flavor to it. But, uh, yeah, Andy and Alan did a great job with that. And then of course at the pre-party, you know, Tyson Leslie ran that entire show. 
Um, he did the whole thing. I, it was one of those things where I was like, can I put this in your hands? And he says, yeah, don't stress over it. And he did an amazing job. I just That was part of the weekend I just got to attend and enjoy, which I was very thankful for. And performed in it, too. Yeah, amazing. I mean, it's... Yeah. You know, to, to me, you know, Mangus's band, they play it every year. They're, it's a tradition that Mangus's band opens the show every yeah. year. So that, that was great to see Rock United. And then Ron Keel did a great acoustic set. Yeah, Ron Keel was awesome. Great acoustic set from Ron Keel. And then... Um, Resistant Bite came on, and you know it was awesome to finally hear all those songs live, the new ones, you know. And uh, and that was that was another thing that I thought was really awesome was Friday night was all the people going, what was that band called? Who who, who was that? Because like some people came because they had friends that are in bands or like they know Mangus from Nashville, you know, and they're gonna come see that, and they know Billy Sheehan's gonna be there, and Greg Bissonette's gonna be there, and it's gonna be all these awesome things going on, but. You got to understand, you know, not all of us are in tune like we are, you know, like the listeners of a show like this to know who Resist and Bite even is. And after those guys were done, man, there was a lot of people that were like, holy shit, who, what was that? You know, I want to find out more about this band. And it made me feel good to know that if you can present people with damn good rock music, even in this day and age, they're going to want to know about it and want to seek it out. So there's people going, what's the name of that band? You know, where do I find their stuff? You know, go look at the merch booth. They got some EP over there. They're selling right now and people were buying their shit up, man. And it made me feel good to know that a brand new rock band can come out and play a show and people go, where's the merch booth? I want to buy this CD. It made me feel really good. They were great, and uh, they were awesome. They were, uh, and they did do a couple of Tesla tunes. But I, I loved hearing the originals. And there's a there's a song that stuck in my head called "Bombs" that they played. That I, and I saw it on the track listing because the album's going to be coming out in the next week. Uh, I I cannot wait to hear the studio version of that song because I was like, that song is amazing. So yeah, they were great. <laughs> Sidetrack real quick. Did you hear the new Tesla song? No, huh? It sounds like they're trying to be resistant bite. <laughs> well, it's better than them trying to be Def Leppard. Def Leppard, yeah. I, w- I was listening to like, this sounds like them trying. I texted David Parks, the drummer of resistant bite, and I was like, they're trying to be you guys. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Like they but, looked uh, at each other and said, somewhere along the line here, we have de-rocked ourselves, and we need to stop that. Yeah. It has a it has a skio era sound to their new song. It's a good song. Well, that's uh, good. Yeah. That's good. I'll have to check that out. I've been too busy jamming on the new Tora Tora. That's great too. It's really good. And and Anthony on Saturday night came on for the Rock and Ronathon to help us raise money for Rock and Ron and his family. And he played us uh, an exclusive song, just him and the guitar. And it was badass, man. Yep. I can't wait for that new stuff. I can't wait to hear that song mm-hmm. with the whole band rocking it. It's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, it was amazing. And, you know, Anthony and uh, a few other people, you know, Roxy Blue and Steel City all and Native Sons all uh, did acoustic sets at the expo, which was really, really I was cool. really impressed with Steel City and Native Sons. I thought mm-hmm. both those bands were just killer for guys that I didn't really know a whole lot about going into Rock and Pod. Yeah, I enjoyed them, and then uh, well, yeah, and obviously at the pre-party, the 
the everyone was great uh, at the pre-party. Rick Fox getting up there with uh, Ron Keel to do Steeler and Keel songs, and then that's historic right there. That, that was awesome. But, but to me, still the highlight was seeing Billy Sheehan and Greg Bissonette get up there and play together again. That was so amazing. Yeah, when was the last time those two got up on a stage and played those songs? I don't know, but uh, they, you know, the Yankee Rose was great. But then Tyson came out and, and did Shy Boy and sang and. That was, and of course, Dakota on guitar just nailed Steve Vai's part, which was just amazing. Yeah, good times, man. And my wife drank for like the first time in three years. (laughs) It was awesome. When it was all said and done, because we kind of partnered up with the Fuggers. Yeah. And so we were hanging out with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Fugger. And uh, we get to the point where we're back at the hotel after the party's over. And I step outside, I'm talking to Ron Jones out there, and I get a text on my phone, and I look at it, it's a, it's a video message. It goes, hey, this is the Mooger Fooger. I don't know where you are. You better get back in here and get your wife right now. <laughs> <laughs> what was she doing? So I go, oh, shit, Ron, I got to go. You know. So I leave him, and I go kind of jogging back into the hotel her and Jana were up at the bar hooting and hollering and having a good time talking about going and jumping in the pool. Oh my God. I get up there, I go, hey, we got to go. We got to get up pretty early tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a blast, man. Such a good time at the pre-party. I think I just missed you and Jamie because I walked into the lobby and there was a few people, including uh, Jana and Shane. And uh, Shane was relatively sober i was surprised but Jana was freaking hammered <laughs> and she's like i've had such a good time and like she was just sloppy drunk so i knew if y'all were hanging out with them i can imagine yeah. how how inebriated your wife must have gotten <laughs> always a good time hanging out with the fuggers i love them too but uh it was uh fr- yeah because friday night was a late night i i i was like i'm gonna get to sleep early i didn't get to sleep till after midnight it was probably close to one o'clock before i went to sleep and then uh saturday of course was a blur but uh but yeah the expo was really great and um some seemed like people had a great time and then uh, of course we did the the movie screening saturday night with kiss meets yeah. the phantom that was, that was uh, so funny that and yeah the the comedians god they did an amazing job craig gas and don jameson and courtney and then uh phil Schaus, of course joining in um yeah. Courtney stole the show. Yeah, the Vinnie Vincent joke. Yeah, so imagine you're watching Kiss Meets the Phantom, and they're at the part where Kiss is in the cage, and they're trying to summon the box of talisman. And they finally get it open, and Courtney says something to the effect of, you know, it's going to be a huge disappointment when they open the Vinnie Vincent box set, and there's nothing in there. (laughs) You had to be there. It was hilarious. It cracked everyone up. And then there was a... There was a lot of there was a lot of great it was a lot of jokes that would only land with our audience but that's oh, what yeah. it was for you know oh, and yeah. then uh, the, the 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 best part though is something they came up with right before the movie started it wasn't something they had actually planned out with so you know we and we showed the original broadcast version from the seventies with you know the porn music and everything so of course it has the fade outs when it would go to commercial. Yeah, yeah. And every time that it would fade out, they would be like, "Oh, thank God, and it's over." And then it would start back and be like, "Oh, God damn, how long is this movie? Fuck!" And it just everyone died laughing every time they did that. That was a great touch on what they were doing. 
Well, and it's so funny, too. When you watch that movie, you think back to when you were a kid and be like, that was so awesome. But then when you watch it and it's somebody's got it underneath the microscope like that, it's like, it's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff in this movie I never really noticed. Like, how much it's just them being filmed walking around. Yes. Like, if you take that movie and split it up to the parts where it's just Kiss, like, walking through a part of the park, that takes up half the movie. Yep. Like, they're walking towards something that's going to happen, but it takes longer to get there than it does for whatever is going to happen to happen. <laughs> There's a lot of long, boring stretches in that movie. And, Watch it again, people. You'll see what yeah. we're talking about. Well, and like I always just thought it was funny that you know Kiss doesn't show up until after halfway into their first yeah. movie. <laughs> it's like where the hell's the band? It's a lot of setup to get there before Kiss can show up. That's the depth of that movie. Yeah, and then uh, we also showed the greatest show on earth, Andrew Scambatti's film, which. It was a, a, unfortunate Andrew couldn't make it. He got sick before uh, he could leave, but we were able to work it out to to show it, and uh, it was uh, it, it was cool to see that on the big screen too. And then uh, yeah, I was gonna say Andrew, I gotta tell you, you missed it, but your movie looked great up there on the a theater screen. It was really cool to see it that way. Yeah, it was cool to see Kiss stuff on a big screen. That was one I've been. And I've been wanting to do the, the at least the Phantom screening since the first year. I've it's just always been like yeah. it'd be so cool if we could do that. And then um, went back and rested at the hotel, and then Sunday came, and uh, thank God for Joe and Patrice. They they ran everything at SIR for for me. And uh, Joe so, is awesome. His wife yeah. too. They are super cool people. I really love those two a lot. Yeah. So we got to hang out with rock and ron and family uh and Kristen and several others brad page and his wife heidi and yeah a few others it was on at uh fat cat Slims eric alberti on, yeah eric alberti and julie is his wife and yeah. um it was uh, so cool that was a cool hang we did that till it was time to go do the interview at sir and then aaron and i headed over to sir and had a great time interviewing Carmine and Vinny and got some awesome if you've listened to the show two weeks ago you know it was uh it was a hell of a talk they had amazing stories yeah it turned out really good and you know I want to give a shout out to I mentioned him at the top as one of the first three people I saw but our friend Rick yes was doing so much stuff that weekend and he was basically there being the brother's right hand man at the SIR deal and he was so good with those guys, man. He handled everything. There was people asking questions. He was answering questions. He was making sure everybody got everything autographed they wanted autographed. And Rick is such a good dude. You know, we just got to, I got to give him a shout out. I know you want to give him recognition too. Yeah. And I heard that Rick did such a good job with those guys that there may be some future opportunities for Rick working yeah. with the brothers, which is so awesome. Yeah, I heard they offered him some road work to work with them on some of their their events you'll find nobody better i'll tell you that yeah. awesome yeah. friend and a real good dude yeah rick uh did, rick was definitely one of the mvps of the weekend because you know there was like people needed rides to places to and yeah. from you know the needed them to take them to dinner and rick was just he was just johnny on, on the spot for everything and you know anything i needed from him he would do and yeah he was amazing i He's also one of the funniest people I've ever met, but uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's a hard, hard worker and uh, did an amazing job, and uh, yeah, it was great. He's so right on the money, like you said. It was like uh, we were hanging out at the comedy show, and I'm talking to Bryn Aarons, which, you know, 
got to give a shout out to him, lead singer mm-hmm. of Flip. If you guys remember that band, they were pretty awesome. He's a super cool guy. And mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with him, and it's after the show's kind of over. And it's like, okay, shit, I didn't plan this very well because now I'm downtown Nashville and I got to figure out how the hell I'm going to get home. And, uh, and Rick, in the meantime, he's like over there on his phone. I said, who are you calling? He's like trying to call a buddy, see if I can find a place to crash. I said, I'm your buddy. <laughs> Catch me a ride home. I got a place for you to crash. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out for both of you. Worked out great. Yeah, we grabbed a big old pizza. We were, I was so hammered. I don't know how hammered. I guess he wasn't because he was He driving, doesn't drink. So, yeah. yeah, so I was hammered and he wasn't. And we decided we're going to stop at the 7-Eleven on the way home and grab us a pizza. And I've got an actual pizza oven, like northern style we get this big old frozen pizza, and we get it back, and we're tiptoeing around trying not to wake up the wife. And the pizza don't fit in the oven, so we got to, like, cut the edges off the frozen pizza to get it to fit in there. It's <laughs> a big-ass pizza. <laughs> I was so drunk. It was such a good time. Yeah, that was uh, – yeah, the comedy show was incredible. And uh, Man, those yeah. guys, Ryan, Jeremy, and Phil, they knocked it out of the park. When they talk about punchlines and backlines, which is this yep. – brilliant concept that courtney come up with where you take rock stars and you know you put a guitar in their hand or have them sing a song in front of you they're aces you know you can't beat it but now we're going to take them out of their element and see how funny they are and so the comedians had worked with these guys to help them with their material and their timing and all that good stuff and i don't know if it was the coaching or if it was just natural talent but all three of them really knocked it out of the park. They were funny as hell. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, it was the end of a, a long but fun weekend. And, uh, of course, I was ready to collapse by the end of that night. And uh, I made it home, and I was so happy to hit my bed. And then uh, got up the next day, and we had a barbecue at your house with a, a few of our closest friends. Yep, me up there on the patio with CC DeGrill busting out the <laughs> cheeseburgers with the real Wisconsin cheese on them. They were a huge hit. Drinking beers, having fun. The wives are all hanging out. We're drinking beer. I actually recorded a bunch of stuff off of that, so that might be something coming your way if you're a Decibel Geek VIP over on Patreon. I got some of that coming your way. Oh, cool. I think those guys probably forgot they were even being recorded because we are all getting pretty drunk. Well, that makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, but you got myself and Chris, and you got Ralph and Ian and David Glenn and Sean Cullen, and Rock and Ron was here, but he was just kind of chilling, and we we're just, you know, and to be able, and that was where we said goodbye to Rock and Ron, you know, and yeah. it was time for Rock and Ron to go after the get together, and that was our day to relax and just enjoy and hang out with each other, and we got to give him hugs and kisses and tell him how happy we were to see him and send him on his way back home, and little did we know that that would be the last time we'd ever in person see Rock and Ron Runyon. So, what a blessing it was to be able to spend time with him that day, and we got an awesome picture taken. Yeah, I know not every year in the past. Well, no, yeah, every year that we've done Rock and Pod, and we got our little, you know, what does Baco call it, the Illuminati of pod, Rock Podcasting. <laughs> party yeah and we always get a good picture of the group of us all together and so this year was no exception so we all kind of gathered around ron and all piled up on a couch and we got an awesome picture taken with him and i'm gonna get that blown up too and hung down here in the studio awesome yeah it was uh it was a hell of a weekend you know and then, yeah uh, it was awesome it's uh 
thanks to everybody who all the podcasters that came all the people that worked it all the people rock fans that showed up and a lot even Can we a do lot it of, again in november no Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on uh if you want to so go much, right ahead it was you, so much fun oh yeah can, yeah you plan the november one and i'll just come hang out <laughs> oh yeah the most epic fail of all time camaro <laughs> fest 2021 <laughs> i as don't many people showing up to this thing as a vinnie vincent party yeah and i mean i i don't know if uh where we stand for next year I, i'm still kind of in my my chill out period after and trying to make up my mind which and that's okay although, because you know yeah. we're coming back next year you know we're gonna do it again but you need the buffer time this is <laughs> let's let's concentrate on decibel geek time well that's what i want to do i mean <clears throat> well bushy and mike tyler on the plug they were they bushy said he's gonna drive from north carolina and beat the shit out of me if i don't do it again so at least I, i'll have a beating in store for me if i don't do it well there you go thank you to bushy for that Rockin' Pod 2022, it's a go. But he doesn't know that I'm into that sort of thing, and he's got to buy me dinner for us. So. <laughs> oh, man. They'll be wondering why you're in a wheelchair next year. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just having fun. <laughs> yeah. But we had a super awesome time at Rockin' Pod, as we always do. You know, this started out as an excuse to hang out with our friends. And all these years later, you know what it is? An excuse, an excuse to hang, to out, hang with out with our friends. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. And if that's how we base it, because we're kind of on the inside of it, we're not like just showing up and buying a ticket. We're on the inside of it. So when you get our perspective on it, did we get to hang out and have a great time with our friends? Yes, we did. And so to us, Rockin' Pod 2021 was another huge success. It was. On every level this time. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm very proud of where how far it's come, but uh, like when it boils down to it, it it's about hanging out. It's the community we build. Exactly, you know, and that includes people like Rock and Ron Runyon, who without this community, we'd have never got to meet. You know, without us and the podcast and podcasting and rock music and you, the listener and people tuning in and checking it out, none of us would have ever got to know the genius, the brilliance, and the awesomeness of Rock and Ron Runyon. So for that, I say God bless Rock and Ron Runyon and God bless Rock and Roll. And we'll be back next week. See ya. We have to go into this game show now? Yes, Ron. It's tradition. It's quarantine session tradition to do the game show. And you know what? Thanks to Loose Cannon, we've got game show music this week. Oh, great. So if you're ready, it is now time for Beat the Geek. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the most awesome game show in rock and roll. This is going to be something else here, I, I think. It's asking me yeah, to something re- else. It's, it's right. asking me to reload. Something went wrong, it said. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Even your questions are like, fuck this. <laughs> why, why does every time Aaron goes into that, I picture the end of Hot for Teacher with David Lee Roth doing his little game show. That's about right. Hosting thing. That's because that's how Aaron Camaro sees himself in his own head. <laughs> I believe it. Oh, my God. 
All right. This is going to be pretty awesome. We, I've got some yeah. good questions for you guys today. You guys know how it works? wasted for this. Sober or not. All right, go ahead. This is the game show that goes to 11. It is Beat the Geek. Got 11 questions. Got Rock and Ron on one side. Chris Sinzak <laughs> on the other. Chris Sinzak is the geek. You are on a losing streak, but today's your chance to redeem yourself as the geek as you face off against the reluctant Rock and Ron Runyon who had wanted nothing to do with any of this. If he's the geek, what am I? We're going to figure drunk. that out. All right, are you guys ready? Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, Chris, you're up first. This is going to be a real test for you because I'm going to ask you some questions about some of your favorite artists. And your very first question is this. Alice Cooper's real name is Vincent Damon Fernier. Is it Fernier? Fernier? How do you say Fernier. it, Chris? Fernier. Fernier, Vincent Damon Fernier. The name Vincent comes from an uncle on his father's side. Who is he named after in regards to his middle name, Damon? Rock and Ron, do you think Chris knows who Alice Cooper is named after? Oh, this is Chris, Chris's question. Okay. Do you, uh, does he know it? Does he know it? No, he doesn't know it. All right, Chris, he's betting against you. Your choices are, was he named after Mayor Damon Draper? Was he named after singer Damon Wayne, writer Damon Runyon, or chaplain Damon O'Neill? I will say the chaplain was the, the correct answer. That is incorrect. And Rock and Ron show this. He was named after writer Damon Runyon. Any relation? Ooh. That's my grandfather. <laughs> oh, I don't God. know who he is, but he's my grandfather. All Anybody right, well, named Runyon is some relation to me. Well, since you knew that, and he is your grandfather, which you should know that, and you bet against Chris, and Chris got it wrong, that's one point for Rock and Ron. And I'm oh, a, I, shit. I'm really going to lose to a guy that's been doing Jaeger bombs <laughs> all night long. We shall see oh, because shit. now. I actually got a point by default or. Yeah, you yeah. did. Okay. I like this game now. All yeah, right. Sure. Well, <laughs> let's see how it goes because it's your question. Oh, Rock and oh. Ron. Who, okay. since, who since 1969 is the only constant member of Uriah Heap? Chris, does Ron know his Uriah Heap? I'm going to say he knows it. All right, Ron. He's not betting against you. Your choices are guitarist Mick Box, drummer Roger Penlington, drummer Nigel Olson, or bassist Cram Jansen. All right. Let me first say, are you fucking serious, Camaro? Yeah, that's the question. Let's. Let's let's you know re-answer, re-question, <laughs> re-question. <laughs> Something about Uriah Heep. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Who since 1969 is the only constant member of Uriah Heep? So Uriah Heep's been around since the late 60s. 
they've had a whole lot of different members come through the band. Only one guy has been there all along. Your choices are guitarist Mick Box, drummer Roger Penlington, drummer Nigel Olson, or bassist Cram Jansen. Um... And Chris actually said, I know this. He's not um, betting against you. Well, I actually do know that Nigel Olson, I recognize that name. He was the drummer for Elton John. Um, so. <sighs> <laughs> You're actually going to go long winded on a multiple choice question. Holy shit. Just pick one, Ron. Can, can I call a friend? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, call, Bodley. I want to call Chris and Zach. Um, <laughs> doesn't work that way. I'll give you the wrong answer. Chris will be like, oh, hang on a second. My phone's ringing. <laughs> it's Ron. <laughs> All right. What, what, what was the answers again? Or oh. the... Okay, choices. once again, your choices are guitarist Mick Box, drummer Roger Penlington, drummer Niall Jill Olsen, or bassist Cram Jansen. So we had two drummers in there. Um, what was the first one? <laughs> <laughs> This could be an epic, long episode of oh Beat God. the Geek. The first right, one was right. guitarist gonna, Mick I'm gonna, Box. I'm going to try. What do, what do we say? Guitarist Mick Box. Drum- All right, I'm going with Mick Box. God damn it. That is correct. <laughs> God, God damn it, what? That is correct. <laughs> All right, Did so Rock and Ron gets a point that, for Chris? getting it correct. I but- did actually know that, damn it. Chris did not bet against you. You sh- you you didn't need to call him because you guessed right. <laughs> Do I get a point? So yes. that's a point for you. That puts Ron up two to nothing on Chris. Two to nothing. All right, Chris, it's time for your question. Almost every member of the Ramones were born in the New York, New Jersey area. But which original member was born in Hungary? Ron, you know, you know, Chris is a big fan of the Ramones, but does he yeah, know the answer know. to this and question? This is rigged. <laughs> you asking Ramones questions? So what was the, what was the question again? Oh my god! <laughs> Which member of the Ramones was born in Hungary? Does he? Oh. Do you think he knows it? I'm gonna say no. <laughs> All right, Chris, he's betting against you. Which member yes, of the Ramones was born in Hungary? Was it Joey, Didi, Tommy, or Johnny? It was Didi. That is incorrect. Oh, yeah. It was Tommy that was really? born in Hungary. Johnny was actually born in Virginia. The other two were born in New York, New Jersey. I swear I thought Didi grew up in like Germany or Hungary. That's fucked up. Yep, you got them mixed up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Shut up, Ron. <laughs> Too bad for you there, geek. 
Oh, you're going to get a copy on me now. <laughs> All right, Ron did not bet against you, so no points awarded. <laughs> I, I did bet oh, against Oh, you did him. bet against him. I did. No, he did. Well, yeah, I guess actually he did. He did. Yeah, I did. Do That's I get right. A point? So Ron gets a point. Uh, yeah, um, damn that makes right, it three to point. nothing. Rock and Ron, who didn't even want to play this game. <laughs> I'm going to lose again to Rock and Ron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ron, you ready for your next question? Oh, uh, no. Well, too bad. Can we just stop now? No. I'm ahead. No. You're up by three points. You're doing good. All right. Your question is this. Joseph <laughs> Michael Poole is better known by this stage name. Chris, does Rock and Ron know who Joseph Michael Poole is? Well, I got to catch up, so I'll say no. All right. He is betting against you, Ron. Your choices are Oz Fox, Buckethead, Wednesday 13, or Davy Vane. So who was it? Joseph Michael Levitt? <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Michael Poole. Joseph Michael Poole. Is that Oz Fox, Buckethead, Wednesday 13, or Davy Vane? Oh. Did Chris bet against me? Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, um, what, what's the what's the the list again? Oz Fox, <laughs> Buckethead, Wednesday Thirteen, or Davy Vane? Gene Simmons. Don't confuse him. I'm sorry. Joseph Poodle is <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Um, Just say A, B, C, or D, please. <laughs> all right. All right. You said Buckethead, Wednesday. Wednesday 13, Davey Vane, Buckethead, or Oz Fox. Wednesday 13. That is correct. (laughs) My God. (laughs) And since Chris bet against you, that's two points. (laughs) That's two points. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That brings the score to six to nothing. (laughs) Six? (laughs) Yeah. You still think it's rigged? Yes. Oh man. Oh shit. This is great. All right, Chris, time for your next question. Oh, who cares anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Bring them on. I'm on a roll. (laughs) If you're still listening, you're incredibly drunk. (laughs) I'm still listening. Cheers to you. I'm incredibly drunk. Cheers to all you guys. Let's go. All right, Chris, your question. On the credits for Wild America, Tora Tora thanks all of the following bands except Ron, you know Chris is a big fan of Tora Tora. Does he know the answer to this question? Please bet against me so I have a shot. So, so they thanked 
all of the bands except this one. There's four bands. Three of them were thanked. One was not. Three of them were thanked, and one was not. Does Chris know it? Uh, I'm going to bet against him just for the hell of it. All right. Ron's betting against you, Chris. Your choices are Kicks, Taiketo, Poison, and Dangerous Toys. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, and you acted like you knew it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to get points where I can to beat your drunk ass. Um, I don't think they did any dates opening for Poison, so I'm going to say Poison. That is correct. Poison oh. is the band that did not get thanked in the credits for Wild America. So Chris gets a point. I told you it was rigged. And Rock and Ron bet against him, so Chris gets another point. Oh! Two to six. Yeah. That is not right. I'm totally killing it. It's so rigged. All right. Well, we got a little ways to go, and you can easily still turn this around because we haven't even hit the kiss round yet. So the next question goes to Rock and Ron. Ron, are you ready? Yeah, I guess so. Simple and sweet. What oh. color are Ozzy's eyes? What cover? What? <laughs> <laughs> what cover has Ozzy's eyes on it? Oh my god! <laughs> Let me repeat the question. <laughs> Did I lose you, Aaron? I'm sorry. Go ahead. He lost all of us. Ron. <laughs> yes, go ahead. What color are Ozzy Osbourne's eyes? Chris, does Ron know what color Ozzy's eyes are? I, I have to bet against him every time now, so no. <laughs> All right, Ron. Well, well Chris is betting against you. Your choices. Black. Your choices are blue, green, brown, or gray. I thought they were black. As yeah, his soul. <laughs> Glowing red. It's the Prince of Darkness. They should be black. Uh, what'd you say again? Blue, green, brown, or gray? Uh, is gray even a color of eyes? Um, blue, blue, green, brown. Gray. I I don't know. Green. That is correct. Oh no shit. <laughs> green. And green. And that since Chris bet green. against you, that's two more points. All right, I'm hanging up. <laughs> did he did he bet against me? I he did. did, motherfucker. Then I get two points. <laughs> That brings the score to eight to two. Twenty? Eight to two. Okay. That's a pretty damn good score. We're not even to the kiss round yet. We got one more question before we get to it. And it is Chris's question. Kiss round right now. (laughs) Chris, you ready? Why not? According to iTunes, this is Motley Crue's most popular song. (laughs) Rock and Ron, do you think he knows the answer? Hell no. (laughs) 
so cocky. Oh man. <laughs> All right, I want Chris, double he... the points, whatever that is. So, no, he doesn't know it. You don't get double the points. I do if I get it right. Do I get no. oh, I don't get double the points? No, you get a point if he gets me. it wrong. Do I get a point, though? Yeah, yeah, you get a point if he gets it wrong, if you're betting against him. All right, get it wrong. Go ahead. All right, Chris, he is uh, <laughs> excitingly, enthusiastically <laughs> betting against you. Your choices are... Kickstart my heart, home sweet home, Dr. Feelgood, or Saints of Los Angeles? Before I answer, I just want to say, <laughs> this whole week, Ron was saying, oh, I'll be the person who never gets one thing right and beat the geek, and Chris is going to kill me. He hasn't gotten so, one wrong yet. <laughs> I know. My goal was to be the only guest to get zero points on this, and I got like Eight. A couple hundred or something right now. <laughs> so I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Well, it's not Anyways, over yet. Answer the fucking question. <laughs> wow. What was the question? All right. <laughs> I know you're excited, but I have gotten through junior high. Oh, I, man. I love hearing Aaron laugh. I know. Well, you're doing um, a good job of bringing it out of me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Kickstart My Heart. That is correct. Oh, bullshit. Kickstart My Heart's the number one most popular Motley Crue song. Home Sweet Home is number two. Dr. Feelgood at number four. And believe it or not, Saints of Los Angeles is number seven. I totally believe that. I was surprised at that. Top ten. All right, Rock and Ron bet against you, and you got it right, so that's two points. You're halfway there. The score is four to eight. And you know... How things can quickly turn around in the kiss round. And the kiss round is now rock and round. Are you ready for your kiss round question? Double the points. Wait a minute. He got two points for that? Yeah, because he got it right and you bet against him. Oh, I need to rethink this stuff. All right. You better think about it now. because What are we doing the kiss round now? it's, It's the kiss round. All right. And it's your question. My question? Okay. Here it comes. All right. Kiss's highest peak on the German album charts is number four. They did it twice. Which two albums? Chris, does Rock and Ron know which are the two most popular albums of Kiss in Germany? No. All right, Ron. Chris is betting against you. Your choices oh, are. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you too. I I know the German charts like the back of my hand. Because <laughs> you're into all that scat porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Stop, Your stop choices it, are be professional now. Well, this All is right. yeah. You make it tough to what, be a professional game show host too. Songs. Okay, your choices right. are Destroyer and Revenge, Unmasked. Do the question again. Do the question again. Okay. All right. <laughs> Kiss's highest peak on the German album charts is number four. They did it twice. Which two albums? Two albums went to number four in Germany. That's the highest Kiss has ever peaked. The two albums were they. 
Destroyer and Revenge, Unmasked and Sonic Boom, Animalize and Asylum, or Love Gun and Lick It Up? Uh, 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 did, did Chris bet against me? Yes. That was probably a good move. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stakes are high in the kiss round. The highest points on German charts, number four. Basically um, the two most popular Kiss albums in Germany. Two, two most popular albums. Destroyer and Revenge. Germany is probably behind on stuff. So what was what one was the latest album? The latest album out of the you got Destroyer and Revenge, Unmasked okay. and Sonic Boom. Animalize an Asylum, Love Gun, and Lick It Up. Uh, what was the... You drunk fuckers are messing up my Sonic game show. Boom. I'm going to go with Sonic Boom. Holy shit. That is correct. <laughs> the two most popular Kiss albums in Germany are Unmasked and Sonic Boom. Uh, Un- unmasked? So you got it correct, and Chris unmasked bet against you. Sonic That's two boom? points. That brings the score 11 to 4. Well, he's 11. So he wins. Yeah, I went to 11. No, we still got no because he it's points. It's not you don't get a point for each there's you're messing up. The game is not over yet. <laughs> okay, yeah it is, but okay. I mean, you yeah. still got a chance. You got a kiss round question. That's okay, double I the still points. want to stop now. This is a good one too. I'm proud of did this I one. Did I get double points? You did. Whatever. Oh shit, that's right. So yeah. actually, Ron has got two extra points because that's see, I'm screwed. You guys, oh man, you got me drinking too much. <laughs> yeah, it's our fault. So the score is actually get it together. Thirteen there, Alex. to four. Points. <laughs> <laughs> Because of double points and betting against. Yeah, 13 to 4. Wow. 13? I'm proud of these kiss questions. Chris, That's here comes my yours. Number. Let's stop now. Gene Simmons' 1978 solo album charted the highest of any member of Kiss in the United States. Which one had the highest charting solo album in Japan? Ron, it's the kiss round. Double the points. You want to bet against them? Well, what was the question again? It Just was, say uh, yes, you'll bet against me. Okay, yes, I'll bet against you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris sounds confident. Ron has been talked into betting against him. Chris, you know the choices. Gene, Paul, Peter, or Ace. Who charted the highest in Japan? I'll say Ace. That is incorrect. Yes. Ron gets two points. Because of the kiss round and betting against you, you got it wrong. In Japan, Peter Chris reached 40 on the charts. Ace Fraley reached 30. Gene Simmons reached 24. And Paul Stanley reached 18. Wow. The answer is Paul Stanley. Those are good kiss I, questions. I almost thought you was going to say Paul or Peter had the highest 
ranking, that would be something. Nope. In every reality and in every country, in every age and in every time, Peter Chris always comes in last. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, nobody wants to be Peter Chris, not even Peter Chris. Sorry, Peter. Love All you. right, so with that mistake in the kiss round, that brings the what score. The Rock and Ron, 15. <laughs> Chris Sinzak, 4. 15. That's the highest score so far in this game. We've still got two more questions to go. Ron, it's your turn. Wait, 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 wait a minute. What yeah. do I got? 15? 15. Yes. Oh, shit. It's a new cool. record. You move on. All right. Well, you know how this goes. I always like to ask favorite question or your favorite band. Two weeks ago, I asked Baco about Seven Mary Three. Everybody knows that's his favorite band. Last week, I asked Loose Cannon about Pat Benatar. We all know how how Loose Cannon lusts after Pat Benatar after all these years. So, Rock and Rod, your question is this. Wildside, then known as Young Guns, were the prize in a bidding war between record companies in 1990. Who ultimately signed them? Chris, you know how Rock and Ron feels about Wildside. Does he know the answer to this question? All right, now I'm thinking this is rigged to Ron. Um, (laughs) No, because I asked Loose Cannon about Pat Benatar last week, and I asked Paco about Seven Mary Three. The answer to that one, let me just say. I'll say he knows this. All right, he's not betting against you. Rock and Ron, your choices are Capital, Polygram, Electra, or Warner Brothers. What was Wildside signed to? In 1990, when they got their big record deal, all these companies were fighting over them. One of them won out. Was it Capital, Polygram, Electra, or Warner Brothers? I do actually think it was Capital. Holy shit, Ron, that is correct. Holy (laughs) shit. Of course it was. So Chris did not bet against you, and you get a point. So the score is now 16 to 4. And just for the fun of it, Chris, I've been asking you all kinds of questions about your favorite bands today. I got one more for you. In the 70s, Thin Lizzy's Phil Linett released two written volumes of poetry that were combined into a book. What was the name of that book? Ron, you know he loves the Thin Lizzy, but does he know the Phil Linett poetry? Do you want to bet against him? What the hell? Why are you asking Chris Ramones and Thin Lizzy questions? Because I think it's fun to ask Chris questions about his favorite bands and then stump them on them, all right? Yeah, because I'm clearly doing so awesome tonight. Because he's been getting them all wrong, because he's got four points all along here. Well, what do you think, Ron? You want to pad your points? You want to bet against him one last time? Um... I don't remember the question or anything, but I'll bet against it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, in this final question in this week's Beat the Geek, do you know the name of the Phil Linett poetry book? Was it Words to Remember Me By, Songs for While I'm Away, Poems for the Wandering Soul, <laughs> or Things We Thought Were Forever. What was the title of the poetry book by Phil Linett? 
Before I answer, let me just say, I've never had more fun losing in a game of trivia. Um, uh, I'll say uh, songs for while I'm away. That is correct. And Ron bet against you, so that's two points. The final score of this week's edition of Beat the Geek, Rockin' Ron, who didn't even want to play this game, defeats Chris Sinzak. Final score, 16 to 6. All right, Chris. Well, this has been a pretty interesting edition of Beat the Geek. Rock and Ron, how do you feel? <laughs> oh, did I win? You won. You got the highest score of all time. I beat the geek? You didn't no. just beat him. You trounced him. I trounced him. What was it? 16 to... Six. Six. Yeah, you won't remember anyway. Chris, how do you feel no, after something but... like that? Uh, I'm drunk, too, so it doesn't really make much difference to me. Oh, oh, but I, it should make a difference. Excuse. I asked you questions about all your favorite bands. I, oh, no, I mean, I got the I got the Thin Lizzy one right, at least. Uh, but, like, anything and anyone who's coming on in future editions of uh, Beat the Geek, just know if Aaron hits me with chart positions, I'm probably going to lose. But I didn't hit you with any chart positions today. Well, you should have hit him with chart position. Well, I don't then. think it really mattered. I mean, look at the he end score. He wouldn't have got six points. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you already beat me. Now you're going to rub it in? Oh, man. I actually well, beat the geek. Yeah. Well, Chris, let me tell you something. You're always the jokester and the prankster, always tricking people into into fooling them and making them feel bad. Well, today, I got to tell you, me and Rock and Ron, <laughs> we conspired against you and we cheated. So this one's it, it's not going to count against you, but I got to tell you this. I'm super proud of you for getting these six fucking points because my goal here was to give Ron a perfect score and you a perfect score in the opposite direction. Oh, really? Yeah, we were just fucking with you. <laughs> Wow. Well, I mean, there ain't no way Ron would have known any of those questions. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not always... Aaron's idea. <laughs> so, I mean, am I, do I always come off like I'm trying to like trick people? I, don't, I hope I don't come off that way. This goes back to your April Fool's days, my friend. What? The, the Vinnie Vincent <laughs> fake interview? <laughs> the people have been waiting for somebody to get revenge on you for that for years, and now it's finally happened. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you got me. And I am extremely happy that I'm the one to get revenge on you, Chris. Oh, because man. Truth, truth be told, I would not know any of those questions <laughs> if it wasn't for Aaron. Not even the one about Wildside. So he, not so even he, the one about Wildside. Wait a minute. But. So he had the answers the whole time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys both suck. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? 
Would I shot? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.